Hey oh, welcome to Build to Be You. My name is Michaela and I am so pumped that you're here. I made this podcast so you can uncover what it means to be you and learn how you can fully step into your potential while trying to navigate your 20s, overcoming previous failures, learning to face your fears, dance with your emotions and take messy action in order to build and become the best you. You can expect a little bit of mixed stuff love and a whole lot of real talk. But let me just say this journey is so much more fun with the bestie. So buckle up and let's do it together. Okay, podcast fam, I know that I say this all the time, but I am truly so grateful for epic podcast guests who take their time to share their wisdom, knowledge, heart, and soul with our Built to Be You community because there is so much power in shared knowledge. And this week's podcast guest is Lindsay. She is a registered nurse who has been in the healthcare field for a decade now. She is a mom, she is a holistic health coach, and she brings us tangible tools and resources to look at our health um, from an overarching perspective rather than just focusing on the physical or the mental or the emotional, really giving you ways to approach your health as a whole. And she shares her personal story about um, some gut health issues that she was having and how she really started to approach what she was doing from a more mindful way, but also from a more intentional way. She shares things with us from, you know, how to deal with post post-shift stress, how to create, you know, movement routines to incorporate into your day-to-day life that's actually realistic and sustainable for the busy 12-hour shifts, um, how to, you know, eat more mindfully, how to get your nutrition in check, and honestly, I just love, love these wholehearted conversations because, it's so important to know that you're a human, a human doing the best with the resources that you have available to you. And I love being able to bring more resources to add to your toolbox every single week. So make sure that you tune in and that you tag me and Lindsay in your takeaways. You can find all of her information down in the show notes. But without further ado, let's dive in. All right. Welcome, Lindsay, to the Built to Be You podcast. I am so excited to have you here and to pick your brain today. Can you start off by just telling us a little bit about you and who you are and what you do? Yeah. So thank you for having me, Michaela. Um, so of course, I'm obviously, I'm Lindsay. Um, I am a registered nurse. I've been a nurse for almost a decade now. And then I am also, also a online um, health and fitness coach. So I empower women basically to develop confidence and strength using a holistic approach to health and wellness. So I love that. I had no idea that you've been a nurse for that long. That's so fun. Where, where have you been at in your nursing journey? Oh man. (laughs) So it has been, it has been a long, interesting journey, um, a beautiful journey, but I started in med surge, you know, that's where I assumed that all nurses had to start. So I worked med surge for about two years. Then I went to um, PCU. I worked there for a few years. In between all that, I did um, inpatient psych, pediatric psych. Um, I did that PRN for about three or four years. Um, And then now I'm in the operating room, which is where I've been for about five years now. So that is awesome. I love that. And I am so curious to hear 
because there's so many nurses who listen to this podcast who, you know, have been kind of like the bing bong back and forth between jobs, like trying to figure it out. And I'm so excited to pick your brain on the health and fitness side of things and how you prioritize that and make it fit with your nurse life schedule. So for my own curiosity and for the audience listening, how did you get into this health and fitness coaching? So I have been interested in health and fitness probably, I don't know, since I was 18, 19 years old. Um, Mm -hmm. My journey back then was looked completely different than it did now. I was much more just into the fitness side of things, just more of like aesthetics, I guess I would say, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't really care about how I felt on the inside. Um, But through all of that, um, throughout the years now, like the past 10 years or so, I've developed my own like health issues. And that really just basically encouraged me to dive into holistic health a little bit more and see what I could do. You know, I went to different doctors and they're like, here, just take this medication. It's going to help you, you know, and Mm -hmm. sure enough, it didn't help me with, you know, it didn't solve everything. So I just really started doing my own research and, and finding out that, you know, we have more control over our health and well-being than we're led on to believe. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's kind of where I'm at now. I love that. That's such a powerful perspective. And if you don't want to like go into too much detail about it, you don't have to, but I'm curious, you know, how your health symptoms or the things that you were, you know, struggling with how they presented and how they manifested. And if you feel like you are aware, or if you found out yet kind of what led to it, you know, was it professional? Was it, you know, things that you could control or couldn't control, like kind of how that played out? Yeah. So I definitely think, I mean, you know, you being a nurse and the nurse is listening, like as a nurse, our jobs are very stressful. So, I mean, I think stress is a number is like a contributor, but also gut health. So I had very poor gut health, um, acne, which, you know, a lot of that started in the gut as well. So pretty much just everything related was related to my gut health. Like I had like skin rashes, like eczema, acne, um, poor gut health, like poor digestion. Um, yeah. So that's all related to my gut primarily. And once I fixed that, it's like, there was just this massive shift in everything else. So. Right. I love that. And there's so many things that I want to pick apart about this because I think a lot of times nurses or humans in general start to have these signs and symptoms and these red flags that they don't necessarily acknowledge. Was there ever a point in your life where you like just accepted, like, this is just how it is. Like I'm meant to suffer. I'm meant to have this acne. Like I'm meant to be low energy or were like you always the person that was like curious and inquisitive, like, like questioning it, you know, I mean, I think in my early twenties, I was not as self-aware. So I think there was a brief period where I was like, well, I guess I'm just, you know, going to be bloated and, you know, and have all these, you know, symptoms for forever. But, you know, as the years went on, it was like, I started asking more and more questions and, you know, you could probably ask my mother this, like even as a child, (laughs) I asked thousands of questions. So I, like I said, I really did just start diving into it and just doing my own research. I felt like, you know, I owed myself that to find out, you know, and I mean, what's the worst thing that could happen? You know, you're, you have the same symptoms, like, right. You know? Yeah. No, I love that. And I think that just in our profession in general, and kind of like you touched on with the high stress environment and just the high demand of the patient acuity and the workload and just like the emotional trauma and stress, like it's so much that you carry home with you that 
as much as we say, like leave work at work, you like, you simply can't like it, it, it truly does translate into so many, you know, health issues, whether you realize it or not. And so I love that you're able to kind of give us the hindsight view that this hasn't just been overnight. <laughs> like this is something that you've been working on, like you said, for quite some time. So what are some simple shifts that you have made? So the nurse listening to this, you know, she's like, I struggle with a little energy, the bloat. like, what are some simple things that you started implementing and changing that helped you see the shift that you're in now? Um, so number one was I took a closer look at my diet. Um, I started mm-hmm. just eliminating things and that was not like everything at once either. It's like, I took out, you know, at one point I eliminated dairy to see how my body would respond. Um, Mm -hmm. at one point I eliminated gluten, which I still don't eat gluten because my body just does not, (laughs) does not tolerate it. Um, so pretty much that just eliminating certain things and seeing, and then adding them back in and seeing how my body responded. So that was number one, um, because Mm -hmm. you know, everybody's bodies are built different. Some people can tolerate certain foods. Some people can't. So that was crucial. Um, also a probiotic, I started taking a probiotic, probiotic every night. Um, and mm-hmm. I've taken a probiotic every night since, I don't know, at least the past five years, like honestly. Right. So that has mm-hmm. been crucial. And then I don't know, did that answer your question? No, it did. It did. Because I think the most important aspect of that is like trial and error that, you know, you're not going to find the magical fix or the quick fix overnight. Um, and I've also been doing very similar things. I eliminated dairy there for like, not like completely eliminated dairy, but I like drastically toned back on the amount of like cheese that I was eating and like mac and cheese and pizza. And it made a huge difference in just like my skin and my energy. And so ultimately like for the person who's listening, it's not about doing what she does. It's about figuring out what works for you. Was there any resources? Did you just use the good old Google search engine? You know, how did you decide, you know, what to start taking away and what to start adding in? Cause I know that some people like that can be really overwhelming of like, where do I even start? Yeah. So Google was definitely a resource. I can't even lie. Um, and then also Instagram. So I think when I really started diving into my own holistic health journey, um, was when Instagram was really kind of starting to take off and Mm -hmm. there was a lot of people, which I had no idea that were on there that were talking about these things, these symptoms that I was having. And I was like, wow, like I'm not alone. There are other people out here that are experiencing these same things. So that really just gave me even more tools really to, Mm -hmm. to figure out what was going on with me and how I could help fix it. So. Right. I love that. And the power of social media, like social media can be used in such a positive way rather than like, you know, comparison or just consuming, like there's so much value and information from people who are going through similar things as you. And so, you know, for the person who's listening, who's like, you know, maybe I'm struggling with low energy or, you know, gut health or, you know, stress or sleep, like use your resources because there's so many out there and available to you. Um, but I want to hear kind of, I know you touched on it a little bit at the beginning, um, this concept of holistic health, you know, I think that this is something new and emerging that, you know, just for me personally, like I've seen more on social media and I've seen more people talking about it. So what does holistic health even mean? So in my perspective, especially also coming from a nursing perspective, um, holistic health is like 
is not just one facet. So holistic health encompasses your emotional health, your spiritual health, your physical health, your mental health, even your environment, you know, because so often when people do end up sick or have these symptoms, they like to maybe pinpoint it and say like, oh, if I just start working out, it'll all be fixed. And that's not always the case. You know, we are multidimensional beings. We Mm -hmm. are, you know, there's so many parts to us and that is what holistic health is. It's, you know, taking a deep dive and really looking at the bigger picture, picture, looking at everything. So. Mm -hmm. I love that. Do you ever feel like with your clients or through your own experience that there's like certain areas of health where people tend to neglect more than others or where you see them like not pay as much attention to others or anything like that? Um, I'd say, you know, nutrition is the biggest Mm -hmm. thing. And I mean, I think that's the hardest for everyone, you know, honestly, but that's, that's the main thing that, and then also just emotional health, you know, because so often people don't know how to cope with their emotions. You know, they were never taught how to. And so often we keep those emotions pent up inside us and it presents also physically, you know, you have physical manifestations Mm -hmm. of the emotional things that you're keeping in your body. So I'd say both of those nutrition is super hard and then also just emotional. Right. So let's talk about each of those really quick. So as far as nutritional health, um, you know, for the nurse who's busy, who's working these 12 hour shifts, trying to keep other humans alive, which I know that you do the same, right? You have a kid um, and you have a lot of, you know, you have a lot of things to do in life. What are some like simple, tangible, efficient tips that you have when it comes to nutritional health, you know, maybe that's meal prep or snacks or just more mindful eat, like whatever your perspective or take on it is that's worked for you. Yeah. So I will always, always, always recommend meal prepping. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you talk to some people and they're like, Oh, I just can't do that. I can't eat, you know, the same thing every day. But honestly, it takes me maybe an hour maybe two hours. Cause I have a toddler, but right. you know, on the weekend, on a Saturday or Sunday, and I just prep like multiple, um, like two to three proteins, two to three carbs. So like a rice or a potato or something, you know, a pasta even, and then, mm-hmm. um, just like a ton of veggies. And I put that all in containers in the fridge and then it's, it's, it's there. You know what I mean? Like, it's not right. like you don't have access to it. It's not like, it's something that you have to prepare. I mean, you have to heat it up, but that's it. Right. So definitely meal prepping. And then the crock pot, like, I mean, I yes. love crock pot meals. You literally just, you know, you can throw everything in there and you can make a stew, you mm-hmm. can make a soup, like, and it, it's just so easy. It's easy to throw it in there. It's easy cleanup. And then you have your meals for the week. So Yeah. I love that. Simplicity is key. And like, take out guesswork where you can like work is hard enough. Don't make your home life hard, like harder than it needs to be because like, we already have to make so many decisions on a day to day and like decision fatigue is a real thing. So like, you know, the more decisions that you make throughout your day, and as you get closer to the end of your day, you're probably like F this, like, I don't know. I don't like, and so like you eliminate that factor of like, what do I eat? Or, you know, like I'm post shift, like I'm hangry, I'm hungry. Like I just want to be ravenous. I don't know about anybody else but that's how I am after work. Like I just want to like stuff my face. And so like having readily available things and like opportunity cost, it might take you a little bit of legwork at the beginning of the week, but how much time is it going to save you throughout the week? hundred percent. And, and even just knowing that like you have nutritious food already there, like waiting for you, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that's going to help fuel your body. Like knowing right. that you have those, those foods in there rather than just 
having something quick and easy that's grab and go, that's not going to keep you satiated. That's not going to help give you the energy that you need to get through your shift or what have you. So. Right. And I think that that's a huge thing is like that mindset shift of like food is fuel. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you think about like your diabetic patient or just your patient in general, like you wouldn't ask them to go full 12 hours without eating. So like, why are you putting that on yourself to go full 12 hours without eating? Um, did you ever at any point in your career, like find yourself like, you know, neglecting lunch or not eating for 12 plus hours at a time? And like, how did that make you feel if you ever were that way? Um, so I will say like, I've never forgotten to eat. (laughs) I've never been the type of person, like I love food. Um, but I mean, when I worked med surge, there were definitely times when I had seven patients and Mm -hmm. no one to relieve me for a break. So, I mean, there were definitely times where I had to skip lunch, but, um, in those moments, I, I usually like to make sure I have snacks available too. Like, even if it's just almonds or, um, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of great protein bars on the market right now that are, do not have like crazy ingredients. So there are like easy things that you can just grab and go and hopefully just Mm kind of that eat, you know, when you have a quick second and just keep on going. So Right. I always like to call those like pocket snacks. Like you can shove them in your scrub pockets and like chart and like go on with your day. Like, well, that's not ideal. And like, I am not recommending that to anybody to like be your way of life when you're at work. But like when push comes to shove, like at least having options to help, you know, give yourself that fuel and that energy that you need to get through the rest of your shift. Yeah. Um, and then on the emotional health side of things is there, cause like we talked about, you know, the work that we do is hard and it's heavy and it's really hard to leave work at work. And I feel like now so more than ever, the trauma that we experience at work and we just brush off, we're like, yeah, we just coded a patient for an hour today or like, oh yeah, I had three patients die. Like that's normal to us. And like people who are non-nurses or non-healthcare and they hear that and they're like, you did what? So like, how do you help people or what do you recommend to help people just keep up on their emotional health, but also allow themselves like the space to process what's going on? So number one, I will say, I think nurses have some of the darkest humor, like that. (laughs) <laughs> that I've ever seen. No, but no lie. It's like a coping me- mechanism at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if you don't kind of joke about it and laugh about it, like, what? It's going to be heavy. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, as far as ways to deal with it or cope with it, things I recommend typically to my clients and, and just even other nurses that I talk to at work, um, meditation is huge for me. Journaling is huge. Um, just allowing mm-hmm. your body to, you know, put those thoughts on paper that you have, you know, it's just between you and and your notebook, like no one else is going to see it. So just releasing that and then therapy, um, you know, again, going back to social media, I've seen so many resources on social media for people that are just allowing nurses to sign up for text messages, sign up for various things on, um, Mm -hmm. that are going through all these things, especially since the pandemic. So yeah, therapy, journaling and meditation. Those are, those are huge. Like I'm a huge proponent for mental health. So they're huge. I love that. And, uh, for meditation for me, it's kind of like hit or miss. I'll go in waves where I do it a lot and then I'll like kind of not do it for a while, but do you like, what, what is your take on meditation? Cause I know that for me, when I first learned about meditation, I was like, okay, I'm supposed to sit here and be silent. And like, I'm not going to do that. Like, I can't do that. So like, is there any, specific meditation resources that you use in 
how do you implement meditation? Like, what does that look like for you? So yeah, when I first started my meditation journey, like I had the same idea. I was like, I need to sit cross-legged in this position. I need to quiet Mm -hmm. my mind, not have any thoughts. And not only is that daunting, that's, I mean, that's not realistic. Like we have a million and one thoughts going in, going through our mind at any given time. And really the idea of meditation is not to silence the mind, but just allow you to focus. Like the idea behind meditation is to be able to focus on one thing. And, you know, if your mind wanders being able to bring it back. So, but meditation can look different for everyone. Like yoga, yoga can be meditation. Going for a walk can be meditation. So um, yeah, meditation can be different for, for everyone, but I, I highly recommend Headspace. Um, if you've ever mm-hmm. seen that app, Headspace is a beautiful, um, tool. YouTube honestly has so many resources on there for free that are guided meditations. I highly recommend guided meditations, especially if you're just starting out, even just two, three, five minutes a day mm-hmm. can really be so powerful. So Right. So ultimately it's just creating space for you to be with yourself mm-hmm. without all of the, like, obviously like you're still going to have the noise of your internal environment but without the noise of like everything else going on around you. And I think about how powerful that could be like before a shift or after a shift. Like if you're somebody who really struggles with like pre-shift anxiety, mm-hmm. like being able to just like create that space for yourself to just like be present with the feelings that you're feeling, like acknowledging them rather than just like shoving them down or pushing them down. And then like after a shift, like maybe it was a really tough shift. Maybe you did code a patient or, you know, you had a tough patient load or a tough family member and like just giving yourself that space to process what happened. Because again, like we don't leave work at work. We bring it home (laughs) all the time, no matter how hard we drive. We definitely do. And, you know, that's another thing. Like, I feel like you know, as a society, we're chronically stressed and even more so nurses and those who work in the healthcare field. So, I mean, just really being able to have that connection, that mind body connection again, you know what I mean? Just bringing yourself right. back to your body, like, yeah, it's huge. And there's so many long-term effects of stress. Can we talk about that for a second yeah. and just the role that the stress plays in your body physically? Yeah. Um, So again, going back to physical manifestations, you know, if you're keeping all that stress built up in your body, um, chronic pain, you know, I think that's Mm -hmm. very common with nurses who have been in the field for, you know, whether it's five, 10 plus years, you know, they have Mm -hmm. chronic pain because of, of chronic stress. So it's not only physical, it's emotional. It's, it's all of those things. It, Yeah. And I think it's powerful to just acknowledge, you know, the aches and pains and the twinges and just the little signs from your body being like SOS, (laughs) like, please quit doing what you're doing and listen to me because that just unlocks a lot of power within yourself, but also within your day-to-day routine. Um, Because I think a lot of times nurses think that, we have to have this intricate, you know, pre or post shift routine, or that our days have to be so structured to the point of like, you know, X, Y, Z gets done. Um, But I'm curious how, if you do have any sort of pre shift routine or post shift routine of your own. Yeah. So, you know, being in the OR right now, I do work Monday through Friday. um, But my routine is waking up in the morning. I make sure I have water. Hydration is key for so many reasons. Um, And then I do, I journal and then I meditate. Um, Usually it's honestly just like four or five minutes because Mm -hmm. 
I have to be to work by, you know, 6.15, 6.30 in the morning. So just trying to get that in. And then if I do wake up early enough, I try and either get some stretches in or get just movement in of some kind. Right. So mm-hmm. that's usually how that works. I, I love the simplicity of that because I think that sometimes when people think of routines, they think of this big intricate plan and it could truly be five to 10 minutes before your shift where you just have time for you. And how does it make a difference in your shifts or your days when you do do your morning routine versus when you don't at any capacity, you know? Yeah. When I don't, I feel anxious, like so, so anxious. And I'm already someone who has, you know, generalized anxiety. So when I don't get to do that and just center and just be with myself, it's definitely anxiety provoking. And then you know, also it's just like, like you said, taking a moment for you and just really being able to clear your mind and just even just set an intention for the day. You know, how do you want to go into that day? Do you want to go into that day with stress and anxiety? I mean, I don't know anyone who does. (laughs) Exactly. So just, yeah, just being able to set an intention for yourself. I love that. And, you know, it's the things that are so easy to do, but also easy not to do. And I know for me personally, I have to be a little bit proactive in that sense of like, before I go to bed, setting that intention of like, what do I want to get done before my shift in the morning? Like, what do I want to do? What do I want my morning routine to look like? Because I see a lot of time people who are trying to make morning routines by just waking up and hoping that they have the time or they think of something good to do before they go out the door. And it's like, you have to plan just a little bit more than that. Yeah, yeah, you definitely do. And you know, back when I was like, I don't know, I guess like super rigid with my like fitness routine and stuff, you know, I always said like Mm -hmm. failing to, or failing to plan is planning to fail. And while that seems harsh, it's kind of true, you know, you're going to have to set yourself up so that you are able to have, you know, the day that you would like to have, of course, there's always going to be life and things that happen, but, you know, Mm -hmm. giving yourself that chance to, you know, to have that success. So. Right. And when you say that about like, you know, setting a plan, I think about like our patients and their plan of care. Like if they didn't have a plan of care, if we didn't have interventions set in place, they would be in the hospital or, you know, wherever for how long, you know, probably two times the amount of their like current length of stay. And so like, there's a reason why we have plans and Uh, like routines. I like to think of just like guideposts. They're not chains, you know, they don't tie you down. You're not like, if you tell yourself like the night before, like, Hey, I'm going to like journal and meditate and work out in the morning before I go to work. And then you like snooze your alarm or you sleep a little bit late or you wake up and you're just not feeling it. That's okay. Like you're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to give yourself grace. And like one thing that I ask myself, I have it on a sticky note that in my journal every single morning, like, what do you need before anybody else? And it's that simple question, that simple opportunity to check in with yourself and be like, okay, what do I need before I go into this shift? You know? So I think that that's powerful. Yeah. I love that. Honestly, giving yourself grace, like that, that's something I tell my clients too. Like that, that is huge because life does happen. You know, you can be, you can be rigid with your goals, but you have to be flexible in the approach sometimes. Like, Oh, I love that. Yes. That's so good. That's so important because yeah, like you can, you can have something that you want to work towards, but realize like, you know, as always like progress isn't linear and you're going to have days where you need to slow down and rest. And you're going to have days where you're ready to like go full throttle and like 
I always think about like lopsided balance is like some days you're going to have more to give than others. And that's okay because you can put it in the rotation on a different day. Yep, Definitely. You talked about, you know, you were used to be really physical oriented in your health goals. And as you've transitioned this holistic approach for the nurse who is wanting to incorporate more movement-based routines, you know, whether that's before shifts, after shifts or on her days off, what's like a realistic, but tangible approach that you have for that? So my approach, you know, with clients or just any recommendation recommendations for anyone is just starting small, you know, mm-hmm. starting small. So whether it's 10 minutes before a shift, 10 to 30 minutes before a shift, if you have that capability, whether it's depending on the type of job you have as, as a nurse, you know, getting out on your lunch or after work. So taking your, your gym clothes with you to work, changing before you even leave the hospital or wherever you work. And just either going, heading to the gym or heading home. And, you know, if you work out from home, heading home and just doing it so that your mind like is already in that, you know, you're already in that frame of mind. You're already like telling your body, like I'm going to work out and, and doing it that way. I set my clothes out in the morning, honestly, personally. So I, I prefer morning workout. So I set my clothes out in the morning. So I see them. That's the first thing I see. So I put my clothes on and I just, I do it. Yeah, I'm the same way too. And it's all about creating those cues in your life. And like again, like taking out the guesswork wherever you can and really like setting yourself up for a success of like, this is what I'm going to do. And like, if you just like hope that it happens again, back to like the plan to fail, like if you just hope that it's going to happen, it's not going to happen. Right. Like if you don't have a plan of like, this is the workout that I'm doing after work. And like, some people don't love like that rigidity and like that structure, but sometimes that's like what you have to give yourself and incorporate into your life when you're busy, when you work 12 hour shifts, like 12 hours is a good chunk of your day. And so it makes the other time of your day, like really precious. So like, you really have to figure out like, what is most important to me? And like, what does that look like? Yeah. And, you know, thinking back to when I, even when I did work 12 hour shifts, sometimes I wasn't able to get my movement in, in the morning beforehand. So right after I would get off work, I would tell myself, you know, even if I just get outside and walk a mile or run a mile, like that's better than nothing. You know what I mean? That's Mm -hmm. still like such a huge release, not only like, again, for your mental health, your emotional health, but just really just getting your body moving in a different way than from what you were doing at work. Like it can be so good. Right. And it, it, and again, like it doesn't have to be drastic or some like intricate 45 minute routine. Like there's so much power and even that 10 minutes to get outside. And so I think sometimes we underestimate the power of small actions and small habits and like how they compound to work for you. And there's so many benefits to movement. Can you just touch on a couple of those? Yeah. So benefits of movement, the, the number one thing that like sticks out to me, especially for nurses is just like stress relief and just management of stress. Um, I can't tell you like after a good workout, I I, I've never met someone that feels more stressed, you know, after a workout. So the hardest part is getting out there and doing it. So yeah, stress management is huge for, for that. And not only that, but um, obviously like, you know, managing your weight, um, managing your blood sugar levels. So, um, I've done a lot of like research on if you get out there and move for even just five or 10 minutes, sometimes after meals that helps balance Mm -hmm. your blood sugars. So there's, there's such an array of benefits to just really just moving your body. Did that kind of answer your question? Yeah, no, it did. That was great. I love that because I think sometimes we forget about, you know, those 
internal things that are going on within our body. You know, sometimes people only associate physical health and physical exercise with body composition or body physique. And it's like, it's so much deeper than that. And so you, you know, have to really get in tune, you know, with maybe the health problems that are presenting, you know, is it, you know, you're a little bit more irritable or you're a little bit more angry or you're not sleeping as good or, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, what can I take ownership and control of here that I know it's going to make me feel better. And so I know like a lot of nurses struggle with like low energy and, you know, even getting out to, for a 10 minute walk on your lunch break. Like I know for me, like when I worked day shift, that was almost a non-negotiable. Like I, like my coworkers got to a point where like, they knew that I was going to be coming to them to be like, Hey, I'm going outside. Can you cover me? And like, it's just like having that open communication. Um, and again, like, it's not always realistic, but you know, you, there's more days than not that I take my break as a nurse and I go outside because it's that important to me. And you just have to know what's important to you and like what boundaries you're willing to give on and which ones you're not. Yes. I, I heartily agree with that boundaries. That, and that's a whole nother, that's probably a whole nother topic we could discuss. Right. Yeah. But, but yes, that is, you have to stay true to you and stay true to what you want, you know, and what's important to you. So. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, nobody else cares about your, I mean, nobody else really cares about your health as much as you do. And like, nobody feels the effect of your health as much as you do. So it's really important to, you know, take the simple, tangible things that we had talked a bit about today, all the way from nutrition to emotional health, to physical health and realizing that like the one common denominator of all of it is yourself. <laughs> I agree. Love that. So do you have any last minute takeaways or any last minute things that you want to share with us? Any golden nuggets and then let us know where we can find you. Um, as far as last minute nuggets, um, I don't know, just, I don't know where the nurses are that are listening or on are in their career, but just know that, you know, if you are in a place or if you're in a job, you know, that you cannot stand that you hate, maybe know that the nursing world is so vast. Like there are so many jobs out there for you. So if you, maybe you haven't found your niche in nursing, just know that there is so much out there waiting for you. So you just have to find it. Honestly. I love that. Yes. Cause you really, you got to explore and like, it's not a one size fits all. And like, you might even get into a job that you thought was going to be your dream job. And then you get there and you're like, wait, this isn't really what I thought it was going to be. It's not all it's cracked up to be like, you know, it's not giving, like not fulfilling my passion or my purpose. And like, you just got to keep searching. So I love that. Yeah. Definitely. And where can we find you? Where can we connect with you? So I am on Instagram. I am at Lindsay, the holistic mama on Instagram. And then you can also head on over to my website, um, www.theholisticmama.co or .co. Perfect. And I will put both of those in the show notes. That way the guests and the listeners can come find you. And thank you so much for being on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Before you go, I just wanted to let you know that I am so dang grateful that we are now on this journey through uncovering what it means to be you together. If you love this episode, make sure you share it with your friend or better yet, share it on social media and tag me so that way I know. Until next time, chat soon.